Hey, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. If you're on YouTube today and watching this, thanks for hanging out with us. Most people just listen to these podcast episodes, though. You can listen at silentgym.com slash podcast. And for the YouTube viewers, you should know that about 90% of our episodes aren't on YouTube. So go check them out over there. And if you're used to just listening to our show and you haven't checked us out on YouTube yet, there'll be a link in the show notes. Go see and meet our cool guest today. It's a, I'm going to call him a kid. You know, I think uh, now that I've crossed the 50 mark, I can call a lot of people a kid that I didn't used to be able to call kid. <laughs> I'm 50. So I got a kid, a guy who's in college, man. And he's tearing out. He's a full-time college student. He got into our community not that long ago. He was actually at one of our live events. We played some basketball together with a bunch of dudes. So I didn't get a chance to get to know him real well then. But man, his name has popped on my radar lately. His name is Noah Cook. He's built an incredible business while being a full-time student in school. He's using the concepts that we teach around here, the proven Amazon course, the wholesale training, and those types of educational resources to build a significant business. He's going to tell us all about it. So Noah, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Glad that you've uh, made the chance to join us today, man. This is cool. Thank you, Jim. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And I never expected to be sitting here talking about this. I mean, 10 months ago, I didn't even really know what e-commerce was. And I had no idea that there were people out there that their business model was to buy and resell on Amazon or, you know, the private, I didn't even know what private label was 10 months ago. Um, and CES really got me fired up and it really got me thinking about some things. It's very good to be here. Man, that's beautiful. So the live event that you attended, that would have been in, in Indianapolis was our last big event in 2018. That's kind of what lit a fire under you, huh? Tell us your story a little bit. You just give us kind of a timeline. It was, yes. And um, I actually had had a friend I've only known that friend for about a year and a half, but um, Ryan Rieger spoke at my friend's college in Indiana. You know, that is my friend's full-time business. Um, you know, he sells on Amazon. He's been doing it for years. So I kind of watched him and, you know, I really kind of doubted it. I didn't think it was a sustainable model, you know, back a year ago when I kind of figured out what my friend was doing. But ultimately, I, you know, watched him. You know, I'm full-time in college. You know, I'm very involved with church and a lot of recreational activities had a lawn care business, sold half of that to my brother here recently because Amazon's gone pretty well. Involved with some real estate with, with grandpa. He owns a real estate company, but really had no clue, didn't see this coming. Um, I watched my friend, still doubted it, committed to CES. You know, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen there. And I still remember when we got at the hotel that night and, you know, it was a no brainer for me to go. My parents live in Indianapolis and, uh, you know, it was held in Indianapolis last year. But I went up and started making some conversation with people. And it was actually Jenny Hunt who I was talking to. And I had no clue who she was. And I just was thinking to myself, man, this is a really nice lady. I can't believe how helpful she's being. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, kind of figured out she was speaking there. And uh, that really got me thinking like, wow, this, this is legitimate. I'm, I'm excited about this. That's so great. That certainly is a way to, to get exposed to the true heart of this community is to attend one of our live events. It, it, since we've brought it up already, this is a good time to remind the viewers and listeners that they can go to silentgym.com slash podcast, look up this episode, see any links, resources, or events that we reference, such as our upcoming September event. Hopefully you can be there. You planning on coming in September to The Proven Conference? Oh, absolutely. I'm very cool. excited. That's great. All right. Good to hear it, Noah. All right. So let me, just for those who don't know, for the, for the listeners... If you go to theprovenconference.com, again, the link's in the show notes, you can see. We used to call it CES, 
But one of the things we discovered, Noah, was there was some confusion. People thought we were the Consumer Electronics Show, like, hmm, interesting acronym there. So we got some confusion there, and it wasn't very descriptive. But we love this word proven. It's in everything we do, our proven Amazon course. And most of the courses we come out with, we put the word proven in there because we've tested them. We've proven that the concepts work. And then we bring the course to the community. Uh, So the proven conference, hey, we've done it six times, coming up on seven. I think it's a proven model now, getting people together. So we're calling it the proven conference. Glad you're going to join us. It's going to be in central Illinois this year. All the details are on that page. But that's super cool. I had to be talked into. I don't know if you knew this. No, I had to be talked into doing live events. It wasn't something that came naturally to me. But I can say at the point we started doing them, that's when this really started to feel like family and community to me. I started truly understanding what it meant to be a part of a community and something that's bigger than yourself at that point. Because up until then, it kind of felt like monopoly money to me and it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to go through the, uh, the skepticism that you had. You know, like your friend said, hey, this is legit. Talk to us about that. Because I think a lot of people are right there where you're describing, they're like, hey, is this legit? I don't know. I know some people are making money with it. What, what were your first instincts? Did you think it was a network marketing thing? Or like, what was it about it that made you feel like it wasn't legit? Yeah, absolutely. So just, um, you know, being, I'm a senior in college, I've got about a year left. I'm 21 and um, just gone through business school. I mean, I was really taught a certain way of doing things. And, um, you know, going back to, you know, all these conversations with professors, I remember that, you know, they're talking about, you know, you have to have $3 million in capital, you know, it takes 10 years to even start breaking even. And, you know, they just had this view of business that, um, you know, it's everything's high barrier. I mean, there was really no small business focus whatsoever. And that, that Mm -hmm. was discouraging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, kind of got brainwashed into that type of mindset. And, you know, I've, I've been in small business for a while, you know, done, done well enough with it to where, you know, I've never, never really had a job, but just, I was, you know, doubting the the e-commerce model. And, um, just at that conference at CES, I mean, I just remember meeting so many people and, you know, Robert Castellanos, he, uh, spent quite a bit of time with me and my group of friends. He was fantastic. And, um, Jenny Hunt invested a lot into us. Um, Eric Bussey, you know, Paul Saucier, we talked to him a little bit. Um, and you ran into some, some true champions in our community. That's great. I think all of those guys, I don't think Robert's been on our podcast yet. I got to get him on here. But yeah, you, you were speaking to some great leaders and, and everyone you just listed, and I, we could list about a hundred more names. They started kind of where you are. Mm-hmm. They built something incredible. We said, hey, great job. How about we partner together and build something even bigger together while you keep that rolling? Keep doing what you're doing, but over here and lead a little bit with us. Let's create a course. Jump on our team. Here's a job for you. Help us build this. And, and that's how this whole thing has grown organically like that. So yeah, that's cool. And, and I can see you've got that entrepreneurial heart. And I, I love the topic, man. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just got to make the observation that it's almost a disadvantage to get a business degree in regards to internet opportunities and what's out there. For the reasons you just said, it's one thing for me to say it, but I love hearing someone who's actually in business school right now. And there's some valuable stuff there. Don't get me wrong. There's more than one way to do business though. And the way I like teaching, it's the bootstrap. I've never borrowed money from anyone to run my business. Never had to. It's grown to an eight-figure level without taking any big risks. It was profitable from day one. That's the beauty of the internet. And that's what you've discovered. So I love that source of your skepticism that you're kind of diving into there. But was there anything else that was kind of holding you back? Or was that it? You're thinking that's this can't, because your friend's telling you, hey, I'm making money. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew that I know with it's, you know, with different wholesale accounts, those can come and go. So I feel like you have to be very, um, growth focused all the time, just, you know, looking into new things. I mean, it does change faster in e-commerce than it does in a lot of other traditional businesses. Um, but I've learned to embrace that and, you know, talking to everyone at CES, you know, who I just mentioned, it really started relieving my doubts. It got me very excited. I remember listening to a podcast and this was kind of right around CES. You made this, it's podcast number 135. And, uh, it's Zach, the CPA, he was on there, Zach Martin. Right. And, uh, Zach Martin built, you know, a $2 million wholesale business pretty much single-handedly, you know, his wife had a big part of that as well. But that really, you know, made me believe that this, this can work, you know, I, I can do this and this is the route I want to pursue right now. And, uh, just hearing his story, I think I've listened to that podcast four or five times, um, you know, just about embracing the obscure products with little competition and, um, just kind of following his plan. I, you know, I saw that I, you know, I can do what Zach did and uh, that's what I'm working towards. That's great, man. That, that's the purpose of this podcast is to motivate and inspire. And what this podcast is going to do, no, it's going to blow your mind, but let's jump forward in time, three or four years. You're going to have people come up to you at one of our events or email you like, are you the Noah Cook from that one episode number 170, whatever it is? And you're like, yeah, that's me. Like you changed my life, man. I couldn't believe that someone in college could build a business of your size, but you convinced me it could be done. And here I am. And thank you. So that's what it's all about. So I, I'd encourage you, those people that have inspired you, yeah, drop them notes, send them thank yous and, and partner up with them. Find creative ways to partner up and grow. Because as, as exciting as it is, because I was where, where you are, where I'm, I'm actually putting some money in the bank selling product. As exciting as that is, it's even more exciting to be a part of seeing people's lives changed by opening their eyes to what the possibilities are and then being a part of educating and encouraging, creating that ripple effect, right? So yeah. I, I'd encourage you, you know, just to be a part of that and, you know, step into once you've proven that you're capable of success, the door is wide open. I would offer this to you, Noah, and to anyone listening. If you're succeeding and you see a gap in the stuff that we teach around here, or you see a way to do it better or different, and you want to help be a part of teaching that one, it pays very well. And two, you can be a part of changing people's lives and have a lot of people very grateful for the help that you've been to them. So that's a, and I can't wait to dig into some of the tips and strategies that you said you're going to share with us today some of the yeah. big lessons you've learned along the way. But right now, I just want to hear a little bit more about your story. Is there anything we've left out? You talked about your friend. You were skeptical. Uh, Absolutely. He had, heard Ryan, he had heard Ryan Rieger, which is one of our great leaders. He helps us out with our, as does Jenny Hunt, who you also mentioned, they run our private label education. Yes. At part of the Proven Amazon course that covers private label. That's their world. And they've got some incredible content in there. So you came out right out of the gate with some great exposure to some great leaders. But tell us more of your story. I want to hear more. That's for sure. And um, honestly, looking back to then, um, part of you know leading up to this is I was so confused. Should I go after RA, OA, private label, wholesale? And you know, I get the sense this happens with a lot of people. You know, I've talked to them, and I haven't really delved into private label at all. Now I started with the RA and did that a lot. I mean, it was only two or three hours a week on average. I would say. And I did well with that. What that did is it really, you know, accelerated my learning. I mean, I was very committed to looking at Keepa, looking at the data, um, understanding that whole process, you know, and then I started thinking about wholesale and um, just, you know, after CES, I was very excited, but I wasn't full in yet. 
Um, I wasn't fully committed to actually building this business. And I think I gave up, you know, RA November, December of 2018. And a funny story is I joined your Q4 group that you guys have, and I didn't even touch it. You know, I, I paid the money and didn't even do anything with it at all. And, uh, you know, I had, um, you know, school gone, of course. It was, I had a lot of stuff to do there and a lot of church activities, but I didn't even touch that. And, you know, here February of 2019 hits, and, you know, I'm still fired up just learning constantly what I can. And, uh, you know, I hit, hit it really hard for a couple weeks there in February. And um, that just blew my mind, really, what that led to with the wholesale. That's beautiful. So, you, yeah, you missed out on... I, what I love about your story right now is you were too busy to even cash in on the hottest time of the year. Mm-hmm. And you've still built an incredible business because this is a year-round business. Some people think it's you know, just because there's that spike in October, November, December, Q4. They think, well, that's when you got to work hard and that's when you, yeah, you can make some money. But if this is a year-round business and the wholesale model, it's a year-round model. Now, what you're going to see, since you haven't been in this through many cycles yet, is this business explodes in those last two months of the year. Your sales, you could easily get half, if not more, of your total sales from a five-week period right there where people just go crazy shopping for Christmas. It's beautiful, but it is a year-round model. But I want to start diving a little bit into what you're doing, what strategies you tried, how you landed your first contracts with some of these wholesale companies, how complicated was it? Did you hit any roadblocks? Let's dive into that part of your story a little bit. Fill us in on when you started making some money. Absolutely. So looking back, you know, I learned a lot at CES. I learned a lot from my friend, although, you know, we're obviously separate sellers, but we did brainstorm together quite a bit and that was huge because he had some experience there, but really um, the proven wholesale sourcing videos that you've provided. And then, um, you know, just implementing some stuff from PAC really, really helped just give me the fundamental knowledge to actually, you know, the process of how Amazon works. And once I kind of had a lot of that down, you know, I focused on building this, you know, wholesale lead list, just using Excel, a simple, you know, Excel spreadsheet with, you know, contact phone numbers, how many times I've contacted them. And what I found was when I started getting organized with the data, you know, I think I had 130 leads there, um, you know, within the first week of February. And, you know, I I learned a lot about, you know, developing more of an eye for what products are going to do better. That really, those leads, I mean, I'm still working on that now. And just getting that system down of using the Amazon catalog, you know, like Teresa Rose teaches to develop these leads. And, you know, it's, it's existing listings for me right now. Like I said, I haven't even really created a listing yet. I've done a few bundles, but it's really been mostly the existing listings. Oh, that is a powerful strategy. And let me just fill in a couple of gaps on some acronyms and names we've dropped here for the sake of the listeners. Noah, Noah mentioned the proven wholesale sourcing course. That's a course that does sell on its own, but it's also part of the proven Amazon course. It's one of the modules. Teresa Rose is the one who put that together for us. It is incredibly powerful. There's a few dozen different strategies for finding wholesale companies where you can source profitable product. It sounds like one of the strategies you did was digging deep into Amazon, looking for products that used to be hot and aren't selling anymore. Is that one of the strategies that you latched onto? I kind of think I heard you describing that. Yeah, that was absolutely part of it. And, you know, I really, really dug deep. There were times when I would, you know, do it for about 12 hours straight. You know, I'd stand up and take breaks, but 
you know, I would get on maybe certain keywords in my head and just that would lead to all these rabbit trails of different um, potential opportunities. And, um, you know, what I did with that was, um, you know, a lot of these items that maybe weren't selling great, you know, I figured, you know, the keep a date is okay. It's, it's worth testing, you know, 10 units. And, um, a lot of these, you know, the, the two exclusivity deals I have right now, they're both, you know, just verbal exclusivity. It took me a good month, month or two to get those in place, but I sold, you know, five times more than what it was selling before. And, you know, these manufacturers just can't believe it. You know, they, they're used to, you know, only selling, you know, a fifth of the items of what they were selling before. And, you know, some of these right now, they're having to go to, you know, their China and they're having to order, you know, thousands of units because they've never really had this type of demand from, you know, one person. So because you've become their biggest sales rep. <laughs> pretty much so. on, on Amazon at least. So I have, I have a question for you when you think about what changes did you make to the listing or what strategy did you deploy to make the product that used to be selling at one level go up and sell five times faster than it was? So that's the question I'm going to have for you in a minute, but I want to make a couple observations for the listeners before you tackle that question. Okay, Noah? So the first thing you said was you'd spend up to 12 hours just kind of digging deep following these rabbit trails. And the visual I had as you were saying that is you, once you've gone through that module of the Proven Amazon course, the wholesale sourcing training module, it's like we give you this pair of glasses that you can wear when you're sitting on Amazon. No tools needed. Just going to Amazon using the search bar, digging deep. And you've got these glasses now where the gold kind of jumps out at you. It's, it's the difference between going through a cave and going through a lit up mine where you see the gold shining and the diamonds in the walls are like these special glasses that allow you to see these opportunities once you know what you're looking for without any tools or anything. Now you did mention Keepa, and I want you to incorporate that and how you use Keepa, the Keepa charts, which used to be free. Now people pay a few dollars for it. How you use that. We don't need a Keepa tutorial. We teach people yeah. in the course how to do it in depth, but just tell me how, how you used it, what you looked for. This, my goal here, Noah, is people can walk away from this episode going, thinking to themselves, I could go do that right now. I don't need any training. I could take a stab at this. So let's give people some real nuggets here. That's cool with you. And, uh, and then I want to keep the story rocking with my other question too. You got track of all that? <laughs> Absolutely. Trying right. to. Um, yeah. And with Keepa, I mean, the RA really helped with that because, you know, I would look at the Keepa chart and then um, maybe, maybe the item would sell, maybe it wouldn't. So really the, the sales rank chart is probably the biggest thing I look at and just understanding, you know, Hey, when that dips, you know, the item selling and, uh, being able to learn from that. And also the, the 90 day average rank just gives you a really good indication to how often, you know, that item is selling per month because it's an average, you know, it's just not going on the hopping on the Amazon catalog and seeing, seeing the sales rank at that time, you know, you're looking at the average of that. Right. Um, and that's powerful. Let me take a stab at putting some of that in my own language too, for the benefit of the listener who may not know what Keepa is. It's a, it's a tool you can download and you can look at any product on Amazon's marketplace in their, in their catalog. And you know, you can do this anytime you want. You can go to Amazon and see what a product is ranked, but that's a snapshot in time. Much more accurate is like a video depiction of, Hey, what's it ranked over time? What's the average rank look like? And if you see something that's holding fairly steady at a nice, low rank, which is good. Number one is the lowest number you could be, but that means you're selling faster than anything else. So a low rank is good. That means it's a hot product. And that means it's going to probably move pretty fast if you can get a deal on one of those products. If you're doing RA, retail arbitrage, which is one of the basic strategies we teach as well around here for newbies, and you're able to find products that do well on the Keepa chart, 
you've got a pretty good chance of selling that product very quickly. So that, that was some of the early strategies that you used. And that was some of the indicators that you used to find out if you were on a hot product or not. But I want to talk about the, once you found these wholesale products and you, you started selling them five times faster than they used to sell. That's one of the strategies, again, that we teach you. You can go into Amazon's catalog and find millions of abandoned listings. These are products with good reviews. They used to sell well and no one's selling it anymore for some reason. Once you know how to dig in and find those, they're everywhere. You just got to research like, is, does anybody still have these? Who's the wholesaler? Who's the manufacturer? Is there a similar product that I could take over this listing with? and put in place and get the momentum going again very quickly. It's a powerful strategy. So tell us how you did it. Share some of the wins, if you will. Absolutely. And, you know, looking at some of those products that had a good, you know, sales rank in the past, but don't anymore. I mean, I would encourage all the listeners to just dig really deep on that, figure out why that is. And one in particular, they, you know, this manufacturer was selling to the Walmarts and Targets and the big box stores, and they stopped selling to them. And, um, you know, they're running very small production runs and, um, you know, with this item not being in Walmart or Target or, you know, the big box stores, a lot of people were hopping on Amazon to get it. And I was able to go in and just optimize the listing. And I mentioned, I don't really create many listings, but, um, I do with bundles. I mean, a lot of times you take an item, you know, ask the manufacturer, Hey, can I bundle this with my own private label item? And, you know, take a, an item that's complimentary um, and it can be very, very simple and just bundle that with that item, you know, create a two pack with that bundle. And then you can capture more of the market demand that's out there. Cause you know, with other competitors out there, there's a certain amount of market demand. And my goal is to take these items that, you know, I have a deal with my manufacturer with and capture as much of that market demand under that keyword as possible. That's beautiful. Yeah. It makes total sense. And it just kind of gave me a business idea too. This is something someone needs to run with if no one in the industry has a list of products that have recently been discontinued off the shelves at, say, Walmart, Target. That list has got to exist somewhere. That's a powerful list to get your hands on because that's probably going to mean increased sales on Walmart. I'm sorry, on Amazon, right? If it's been discontinued recently, it means it, it was popular enough to be on the shelves and now it's not. Hey, let's go see how it's doing on, on Amazon. and make a business of that powerful information. I wonder if that list exists. Someone contact me if you know how to get a hold of that list. We could build a whole new model out of that, I think. Beautiful. So how long did it take you? How many different wholesale lines do you have now? And keep in mind, I want to, I want to remind the listeners, this is a guy in college. He's been doing this 10 months. That's it. And we haven't shared any numbers yet either, but they're very impressive numbers. And we'll get to that. I'll probably stick it in the title in the show notes so people may already know that even though we haven't talked about it yet, Noah. Man, it, this is an impressive story. But how, how many wins have you had and how long did it take you to get each of those? Tell us a little bit more detail about how much work went into this. Let's be very realistic with folks. Absolutely. And um, to tell you the truth, I mean, I would say it took a good thousand hours of learning just to get to the point where I felt confident enough to go after these and even, you know, put more money into it and always test small, you know, and then slowly move up your orders um, as time goes on. As far as with these, you know, it was, it was a significant amount of time, you know, a, a month or so of just testing um, before I felt confident enough to go in and ask for exclusivity. And I mean, really each day I'm learning with this and I have, you know, maybe eight different wholesale lines right now. I mean, it's really two, two heavy hitters and then 
two that do decent. And, um, you know, these may not be heavy hitters to you. I mean, those two accounts are doing about $20,000 a month, but you know, there it's going up with these creative bundles that I'm doing. Um, I'm capturing more of that market demand. And, um, on one of these in particular, I will probably be flying out here in a month or two to talk with the brand owner to get, um, complete exclusivity because he actually has two other FBA sellers on there. And, um, I'm the third that he let on, but he, you know, has not been happy with them. He said, Hey, this other company, they're a $20 million company. And, you know, I gave him the pitch. I'm a, I'm a small company. Um, I'm really looking to grow this. And I asked him some questions. I mean, you've talked on podcasts in the past about don't offer a bunch of solutions. I mean, be good about asking questions. To That's right. Yourself good apart. And, um, that really started, um, you know, making things scale fast. And like I said, I mean, I've only really been doing this for two months. Every day, it's, it's a constant process of just building those relationships and adding more. I mean, I have a special projects list of just even potential private label opportunities to go after, although I don't really know anything about that yet. You know, different bundles to make for my existing wholesale accounts and then a list of about 50 to 100 ASINs that I need to run tests on because the data is there and I'm just have no lack of work. That's for sure. Man, that that's beautiful. And for those who don't know what well, this exclusivity, what you're talking about there, that's basically just getting a manufacturer or a product owner to say, yeah, you're my guy on Amazon. You're the only one I'm, I want selling, representing me on Amazon. And you get that agreement. Then it's the two of you working it out together as a partnership. That's what our PPP course, our provenproductpartnering.com course is all about. You got to get your hands on that, Noah. For being our guest today, man, just shoot me an email. I'm going to send you a free copy of the course because I want you to go through it and position yourself. It's not just what you can do for them on Amazon. The course goes into helping them, if they're not already in Walmart and Target, how to get there. If they're not on eBay, if they're not in all these other platforms, you can help them with that. And it's not complicated. It's not hard for you to do those things. You can help them represent their brand well through social media. You can monitor their reputation, help them with email marketing. None of these are tough things. And if any of them intimidate you, just partner with somebody who can manage that part for you from someone from our community that does it all day. Just partner up. So you can offer them a complete solution, basically saying, you know how to make great product and sell it in traditional retail markets. Maybe that's what you focus. I'll focus on everything else. Or maybe you just know how to make a great product and put a great label on it. Let me handle the, the rest of it. I can help you get into Walmart, Target. I can help you get on the shelves at CVS. I can help you get onto eBay. So it's not just an Amazon thing anymore. That's what our PPP course that's coming out. We've just updated and revamped it. I think you're going to love it. No, it's going to position you to where... I don't think you're going to have time to put your business degree to work anywhere else pursuing all these opportunities. <laughs> Because once you get a good reputation with one of these manufacturers, they hang out with other people. They're going to be banging down your door. You're going to need a team within six months. It's such an in-demand arena that you're stepping into. Thank you, Jim. And um, it is exciting with um, the product partnering. I would encourage all the listeners out there, look at all your local manufacturers. You know, I'm in Northeast Indiana and I've already scouted out a lot of local manufacturing companies. I hit on one here a couple months ago that just is killing it on Amazon. And I'm in talks with them and I'm taking it very slowly because the numbers are just so big. I, I want to have a good plan going in. And you know they're talking to me and I'm trying to approach it in a very creative way, putting myself in their shoes and thinking, you know, what are their risks with this? Mm -hmm. And um, just taking it from that perspective and 
you know, my next step is to actually just test a few of their SKUs and show them, hey, if we take this and actually go FBA as the manufacturer, they only have an FBM offer. It looks like they maybe have some type of exclusivity with one FBA seller, but I'm trying to partner with them, the manufacturer to you know, use their own account and, you know, go FBA instead of FBM. So the local manufacturers, I mean, there could be huge, huge opportunities there. You know, you drive past them every day, perhaps, and it's a no brainer to just go after that. Absolutely. And, and I say all the time, 90% of the products that could and should be on Amazon aren't there yet. It, we're just getting started. You threw out a couple acronyms. I want to make sure that the newbie listeners, those who are new to our show, anytime I hear an acronym, I'm going to try to keep you up to speed. Okay. That's my, that's my commitment. FBA, FBM. What is that? What's the difference? Well, FBA is when you, you ship products to one of Amazon's warehouses and Amazon does the fulfillment. FBA, fulfillment by Amazon. That means they're the one putting the tape on the box, putting the address label on when it sells, sending it to the customer. The FBM is fulfilled by merchant. That means you're keeping the stuff in your garage or your warehouse. Just like with the eBay model, those of you who've been around long enough to do eBay, when something sells, you're the one that's got to put tape on a box. You're the one that has to put an address on it and send it to the customer. That's the basic difference. So Amazon charges a little fee with FBA for the convenience. But the beauty of FBA is you can charge a whole lot more money for the product because prime shoppers love that two-day guaranteed delivery. They love taking advantage of their prime membership. They will buy FBA over FBM all day, every day. They'll see it's shipping from Amazon. They know it's in an Amazon warehouse. They love the reliability. They don't want it to take a week to 10 days. They want to have it tomorrow. So you can charge a lot more money. So that's, that's kind of the difference. So I've been real deep on the topic, but great. Great stuff. It sounds like you're already exploring, Noah, getting into some manufacturer relationships. And ultimately, this is a relationship business. I would encourage you, uh, because you know, you're significantly younger, start keeping track, just a list of names of people that this business has. And you've already, you've already mentioned a few. And I love that you see how important people are and those relationships are. Just keep a journal or something where you keep a list of the names over time. And that list is going to grow and grow and grow. And the bigger that list of names are where people that you've worked with, you could partner with, you could call up and say, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How's business? You know, fill me in. My two favorite questions, Noah, are what are you working on? How can I help? It's been a while since you talked to one of the people on that list and you you kind of feel stuck or kind of feel a little burnout one day, which will happen to all of us. Flip that book open. Call a few of those people. Don't, Don't just send an email. Give them a call. Shoot them a text and say, Hey, can we chat real quick? Can I get on your calendar? What are you working on? How can I help? that'll open up a floodgate of new opportunities every single time. And that list of names is the, is the best asset you'll ever have. A list of names of people who can't wait to hear from you and work with you. And you're already working, you're already building that list. So kudos, man. That, that piece of paper I just described to you is worth infinitely more than that degree you're going to get when you graduate. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully that, hopefully that resonates with you. What other uh, parts of your story can we share with people? Maybe some tips for people who are brand new. You know, I, what would you say if someone's kind of, we've kind of convinced them, okay, maybe this is legit. Maybe I should give it a shot. What are their next steps from your vantage point? Absolutely. And it kind of has to do with, in my experience, by what you're talking about with the relationships. And, you know, I have grown into, you know, I was homeschooled growing up and that, you know, teaches you kind of a different way of thinking, but I've, you know, been around a lot of adults my whole life. You know, I've just learned, you know, you genuinely put a value on people. And uh, I think it, it was your son, Trey. I mean, I spoke to him quite a bit at CES too. And he mentioned when he spoke there, you know, be willing to pay someone for their time. You know, if you look up to an older person and you, you know, you see their wisdom, 
ask them if you can pay them for their time. And, you know, a lot of times they're not going to let you pay them. You know, they're just going to do it voluntarily because they love to help. I've taken that very seriously and just, you know, asked a lot of, you know, local leaders, can I, can I buy you lunch? Can I buy you dinner? You know, can I buy you coffee? And um, those relationships has just added so much to just inspire me and, you know, you learn about a lot of the risk management, you know, different. I've gotten really good legal advice. And uh, one guy in particular, you know, he's a, he's a big Amazon seller, you know, he has 35 employees and he's uh, probably became a decamillionaire in uh, seven years of selling on Amazon. And he just met with me last week. And, you know, I, I learned so much from that. So Following off of that, I would encourage everyone to build those relationships, you know, with the business mentors and seek that out. I mean, definitely go to the the proven conference if you can make it there. And the Facebook group you have, the My Silent Team Facebook page is huge because there's so many people that have great experience that are willing to share with you. And I really latched onto that. And because of that, it started growing a lot faster than I could have just on my own. That's beautiful. Man, I, I love it. You're like a, a living commercial for what we try to do around here. It's beautiful. You know, the homeschool thing, I didn't realize you were homeschooled, but I think there's one advantage there that comes from that, that I've observed. And I'll actually make this observation uh, through a story. I'll tell a short story. I was speaking, this is actually back when I was first getting to know my partner, Brett, and his team that he built. And we were kind of starting to merge his team with my team. And now it's like one unit. We've fully legally merged our companies to the point where we're like, who's on what team? You know, we don't know. But when we first started that process of getting to know, I went out, met with about, there's about 20 of them in the room and I talked for a few minutes. And then I made the observation at the end to a couple of guys in the front row. I made the bold observation. And I said, were you two guys homeschooled by any chance? I had no idea. I had no way of knowing. But by the way that they conducted themselves, there was a big clue that I knew that there was a very high odd that they had been homeschooled. And I called it out. I said, you two, were you guys homeschooled? And they both looked at each other and like, how'd you know that? And their dad was in the back of the room and I didn't know that time. He's like, how did you know that? You know, they all three were like confounded. Yeah, we were homeschooled. <laughs> and I said, well, you guys by far asked more questions than anyone else. And in my experience, in a group of people, the ones who are like, not afraid to raise their hand without hesitation and just ask a follow-up question. Like, oh, I have another question. Oh, I, I've got another question. Oh, and on top of people who are willing to do that, a lot of times they were homeschooled because they've never had it pounded out of you that it's uncool to ask questions. Like you were never exposed to that, right? I went through the public school system. I was kind of exposed to that. You don't want to be that kid in the front row that's like, I have another question. Oh, I have one more. Oh, that's interesting, teacher. I have one more question. Like that's the... you you're ostracized <laughs> and anyone who's been through the, the classroom setting. And like, I would even imagine you've experienced that in college, Noah, like you don't want to be that guy, right? It's like question, 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 question. And the professor is eventually like, okay, anyone else besides you have a question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in homeschool, you can ask as many follow-up questions as you want and it's ingrained in you. So the only reason I bring that up is there's a huge advantage there to just not being afraid to ask the questions. If you're stuck, and that's what we love the Facebook group. If you're stuck, it doesn't matter what point you're stuck at. You could be stuck at the point where, like, I don't know what page to go to to sign up to get an Amazon seller account. Could somebody help me? Yeah, sure. Boom. Here's the link. No one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to laugh at you. We were all there at some point. You know, that's your current roadblock. Let's help you get it through. All the way to something you might run into, Noah, is, okay, I've got this guy that's selling $3 million a month on Amazon. He wants to turn it all over to me 
how is this something I'm capable of managing? Is there someone out there that can help me? Like, okay, yeah, here's someone who's been down that road. We can help you over that. So anything in between, that's the power of community. That's the power of not being afraid to ask questions. And you strike me as the kind of guy who's not afraid to ask questions. Yeah, that's true. I guess I've always kind of had that. And it's funny you mentioned, you know, that it kind of singles you out in the classroom in college, that's for sure. And uh, (laughs) there was one professor, I think I met up with him one-on-one four times in the semester just to, you know, he, he was a lawyer and he was my business law professor. And I was just so intrigued by that, that, you know, I had a million questions and I would, you know, go to him for an hour and a half, you know, after class or whatever to his office to ask him all these questions. And he, he loved it. And, you know, looking back, you know, that was, that was a very important time and it's, it's helped me a lot in business in the future, but, you know, I could probably write, you know, on five pages, you know, what, what I'm applying to Amazon that I've learned in business school. I mean, there's some basic accounting and finance and some business law and basic economics, but everyone out there, if they don't have a degree, you could, you know, get this just by reading books or even, you know, asking questions to business people around you. And uh, it's been uh, very encouraging just to see that, um, you know, there's a different way of doing things. And um, I'm, I'm learning to really embrace that more and more as time goes on. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, you put all those skills to work at some point and mainly it'll be the relationships and contacts. That's the thing I took away. I have a business degree. I was a poor student. I was very distracted. I was trying to run my own business. I imagine I was a lot like, kind of like you are, except I got terrible grades. And you strike me as the kind of guy who's probably getting decent grades. I got terrible grades. (laughs) I just couldn't find the time because I was busy doing all these other things, including working three jobs. It would have been great if I had Amazon, I'll tell you that, because I couldn't find, you know, the, the internet stuff just wasn't happening yet back in the, you know, late 80s, early 90s, man. There was just, it wasn't even eBay time yet. So it was a struggle. But you've been able to do both, to do it all very, very well. There are another example, I'm going to make it, you know, that I've got this mental checklist of people that kind of destroy excuses. And you're a guy that kind of destroys the, oh, I'm too busy excuse. Like, man, you, you're going to school, you're doing well for yourself, you're pursuing a great degree full-time college student and building an incredible business. And we haven't shared a whole lot of numbers yet with folks. If you don't mind, you know, you don't have to go any more detail than you're comfortable, but what does your business look like these days? What's the, what are the numbers? Absolutely. So um, last month I did right around $30,000 at 40% profit margins. This month, it looks like I'll do, you know, around 40, 45 and hoping to just keep building that like I said, I mean, Zach Martin podcast episode, you know, 135, that really inspired me to just, you know, go, go for a similar type of thing. And, um, you know, I'm really finding that these obscure type of items, you know, there's generally more profit margin there and there's generally less competition. You know, I've discovered, discovered a few niches that just led to, you know, a lot of ASINs being tested and those tests went really well. And right now, you know, I'm in the process of second and third wholesale orders off those tested ASINs, you know, because I can't keep them in stock. That's beautiful. And those companies will become great partners for you. You may even find yourself advising them on what the next products they should produce, right? Based on your knowledge of keywords, because it's, it's not about product, it's about keywords as you're very quickly learning. Like there's power in Absolutely. keywords and those words. And if you can be the first to serve with a quality product, hot keyword. That's what helped. That's what our dynasty toy laser tag story. And it's over my shoulder. If you're watching the video, I got a little right here, right over my shoulder, one of our guns. It wasn't that we made a great product and it took off. It was that no one was meeting the demand for the search 
laser tag. It was already happening. People were searching for it and there wasn't any quality product out there in any kind of significant volume that anyone could latch onto. And we found it and we filled that gap. It exploded into an eight-figure business. So the keyword is the magic. And you expose that kind of thinking over to your manufacturer. Suddenly, you're, they're going to be bringing you in saying, okay, what should we make next, Noah? You know, advise us. What can you sell? <laughs> we, want to, we want to keep working with you because you can tell us what, what's going to be hot next based on keyword research and using the Amazon platform. So yeah, a very bright future, man. I have a feeling we're going to have you back in six, six nine months and the story's going to be 10 times bigger and you're going to have a team and we'll be tracking you down in Hong Kong or something, man. You'll just be tearing <laughs> it up, dude. So what else are you excited about? What else are you working on? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit more about you before we wrap this thing up. Did we leave anything out that you think would maybe encourage, inspire, or some, a part of your story that you were hoping to share? Well, thanks for the encouragement, Jim. Um, you know, I've really... Um, a few things with that PPC. I mean, just understanding how that works so you can get those keywords. You know, Amazon, you're paying Amazon to give you these keywords. And uh, really understanding, you know, the manual targeting aspect of that as well. And I don't want to get too much into the details, um, but I would encourage everyone out there to just understand PPC, pay-per-click. It's, uh, you know, when you see an Amazon-sponsored ad, you know, whoever's selling that is paying for Amazon to give them data back. Sometimes they don't even realize it but I just use that to get keyword data back. And really with the, the scalability, I mean, I'm constantly working on building you know, systems for growth and I've got part-time warehouse workers, but here within a month, um, I'm probably gonna need a full-time warehouse worker. And I, I bought a house that's actually got a converted garage um, about a year ago and I, I didn't even know I was gonna use it for e-commerce, but there's um, about 2,000 square feet there that I can use if I have to. You know, I'm only using about 600 square feet now, but it's kind of set up for that growth. And um, definitely with the, with the risk management side of things, you know, I was glad I didn't grow too, too fast because there was one example where kind of a, an upset um, seller, I figured out it was a competing seller. He put a bunch of false IP claims out on me. And, um, you know, I, I dug into that and how to deal with those. And instead of using an attorney, you know, I combined a bunch of templates and I think, you know, your Facebook page might even have a, an attachment there with a dispute letter, but I took a bunch of templates and kind of customized it. And I ended up getting those false IP claims knocked down on my own. And I was just thankful. I kind of learned, Hey, you know, I've got to have systems in place to deal with all of this. And just day by day, I'm working on building those organized written systems to continue to scale. Cause when I have, you know, multiple employees, they need to be able to know how to do this and follow the process and, you know, be willing to change that as we run into different issues. Beautiful. You know, I'm going to make a book recommendation for, you know, I don't know if you've heard me recommend this book or not, but for the stage you're at, I think it will serve you very well, especially with uh, your worldview and the background you're coming from. This is going to be one of your favorite books. Have you read Entree Leadership yet by Dave Ramsey? I have that book in my uh, bookshelf. My mom gave it to me, but I haven't read it yet. All right, dude, you're going to enjoy it. Because it's basically how he went from card table to a, I think, what's his business worth now? It's a 500 million, I think, you know, annual sales with about five, 700 employees. So you can see how he went from a card table to that level. So, you know, the, the policies he had, how he hired people, who he looked for in new hires, because you don't just want to breeze through, you know, some of those initial foundational decisions that you're going to be making as your business just explodes because there's no doubt in my mind it will. And I would also like to put a bug in your ear to like, Hey, remember us, man, because <laughs> you're going places. I want to create some content with you. I want you to just find some gaps in our, in our offer 
And I know people are going to watch this podcast and go, oh man, I would hire that guy in a heartbeat to help me grow my business, right? So let's work together, man. Let's build some stuff that can educate. I know how to scale that up. That's what we do around here. Let's work together on some things. But if, if there's anything we can do for you, do let us know on that as well. I do want to do one little bit of, let's call it acronym house cleaning for housekeeping for a minute. You mentioned pay-per-click and you mentioned getting data from Amazon. And let me just tell the listeners, if you haven't heard these episodes, I think it's episode number, I'm going from memory here. It's like 16, episode number 16 and episode number, I believe it was 32, 31 or 32, where Brett and I go pretty deep into the PPI strategy in several episodes since then. But we don't use Amazon paid ads to sell more product. That's what 99% of the rest of the world does. They use paid ads to try to advertise and sell more of their product. We do what you just said, and we breezed past it pretty quickly, Noah, but we run ads to get data. That's the only way to get Amazon to reveal to you true data about buyer behavior. What are customers typing in? If a million customers went on Amazon and typed in search phrases, what are the hottest search phrases they're typing in? There's no way to know unless you run test ads. And then Amazon will tell you exactly how many people are typing in different search phrases. Again, that's how we discovered laser tech. We didn't just have some kind of instinct or moment of inspiration or a dream, or we didn't use a third-party tool because no tool out there can tell you what customers are typing into Amazon. Only Amazon has that data. The only way to find that data is to run ads against those keywords. And then Amazon will tell you, hey, yesterday, 150 people typed in that keyword. You're like, oh, wow, okay. Now I know how many people use that keyword every day on Amazon. Is there a gap there? We call it our golden gap training. It's in the proven Amazon course. And if that kind of went over your head, that's all right. You need the proven Amazon course. Jump into the PPI training. We've got college campuses using that now, by the way, Noah, teaching people how to pull seller behavior data out of Amazon using paid ads, the PPI strategy. It's huge. And we've, yeah, we've got a lot of people using it. So kudos to you for figuring that out. And you're, you're going to be a powerhouse, man. You've talked about partnering up with your manufacturers. You understand keywords. You've sold physical product. You've got a warehouse. Like, is there anything you can't do with, when it comes to selling physical product online, dude? You are set up. You're in good shape. So excited to see where your, where your future goes, man. And thanks for sharing your story with us today. Did we leave anything out before I wrap this one up? I want to give you a last chance to maybe say anything that you want to say or any closing thoughts. Thank you, Jim. You're really getting me fired up. I definitely don't deserve that. And I feel like a really, really small guy, but um, it's very encouraging. And, you know, in leaving this, um, I would say that, um, you know, embrace giving to others. I mean, your community has given so much to me and just, you know, these different business leaders around me in my community. I want to pass that on. And, you know, for me, it comes out of a heart of, I'm a Christian serving the Lord. You know, it says in the New Testament, do all things in the Lord and not to men. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to continue to pass on what others have given me. And, um, you know, that will set you apart too from, you know, all the other guys out there that are just, you know, going after products, going after businesses just for maybe selfish purposes, but having a genuine heart of serving others and uh, just continually doing that. I mean, right now, you know, I, I do struggle getting, you know, maybe obsessed with, with this business. So when, when I catch myself doing that, you know, I turn back around and say, okay, instead of spending 14 hours tomorrow, just building Amazon, I'm going to spend six hours helping a younger person build their business or going out and, you know, mowing a lawn for the widow across the street who can't mow her own lawn. And, um, that has really just helped me give a perspective on the big picture view of, you know, why we're here on earth. And it's to, 
you know, serve others. And um, for me, it's to, you know, love God. And out of that comes the serving of others. And um, to me, that's, that's why we're here. And that's the point of doing business. Beautiful, man. You're inspiring me, inspiring me. You've got your head on straight for a dude your age. I can't wait to see where you go next, man. This is so cool. And I can hardly believe that I get to be a part of a community of people that, that think in this same arena. You know, it's not all Christians, but it's people who see business as a virtuous activity. It's people who see opportunity as something to be shared. It's people who don't have a poverty mindset. They have an abundance mindset. A whole community of people thinking like that. I really think we're shifting a culture here. I really, truly in my heart believe, and Brett and I have talked on many occasions, that's our goal. We want to shift the culture, just nudge it in the right direction with the way we conduct ourselves and the virtuous activities that this group is capable of and we've already made happen. You're a huge part of that, man. So don't ever think of yourself as small. Be humble, but it's not small. What we're doing is big. And I see us as frontline soldiers. I really do. Frontline soldiers saving a culture. That's ultimately what we're doing. Every bit as much as a minister or an ethical doctor who's out there or someone who's treating, helping the homeless or you know, as business building warriors, we're creating jobs and opportunity, keeping businesses afloat. We are frontline soldiers. We are the economy. 80% of American economy is small businesses. That's us, man. So we've got a big role to play and you're doing it brilliantly, but I appreciate your heart and, and having you on the show today. And I'm just going to talk to the listeners for a second too and say, hey, Hope you enjoyed this as much as I did because I could sit here and do this all day. Uh, this was a true treat for me. And if this is your first episode that you've listened to of this podcast or you've only listened to a few, hey, dig in. This podcast, we've got probably coming up on 180 episodes as I record this right now. There's a lot of really good quality interviews like this one that you need to dive back into. And it's, I would say, 90 to 95% evergreen, meaning the stuff is just as relevant. You know, you heard Noah and I referencing episodes from six months and a couple of years ago. There's good stuff in there. These principles work. They're long-term, stable ideas. So jump in and enjoy some of those old episodes with us. And be sure to send us your feedback. Leave us a review. If you want to send me an email, it's jimcockram at gmail.com. Or you can go to silentgym.com and contact the team for anything. We're here for you. We love helping you build a business. So I'm going to sign off right here. Say God bless all the business building warriors listening today. Thanks for hanging out with Noah and I. Can't wait to do this again with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.